Golf Barons podcast, Tenuous Links, a golf pun we're not only incredibly proud of, but one we're also sure to emulate. Let us careen through bloviated opinions on all things golf, some outrageous innovation ideas to speed up the game, a few laughs, and an historical retelling of an iconic golf moment. Time to add some swagger to your swing. Hello, Barons. Today's Tenuous Links is brought to you by the new Adidas Code Chaos. There's a new golf shoe in town and it's shaking things up like a Cocktails and Dreams bartender, rattling cages like the Ebola monkey, and turning heads faster than Linda Blair in The Exorcist. Code Chaos combines the dream trio of light, waterproof and comfort, just what you want in a modern day golf shoe, plus a little bit of X Factor. Code Chaos comes in a range of colours and styles, including a high top with a boa lacing system that we just absolutely love. If you're looking to ruffle some feathers in your foursome, check out the Code Chaos on the Adidas website. Now it's that time again to welcome our random theorist and tallest short hitter going around, Philbert. Welcome aboard, big fella. Damien, it is very good to be here, and I must kick this off with another statement, which I make every now and again, about a combination of words that I was not <laughs> expecting to hear today. And a bowler monkey. He would, would be rattle, it. Would he be rattling his cage? That's all I'm saying. Uh, there's no question he'd be rattling his cage as you would if you were a monkey with a bowler. But a bowler monkey, great combination. That of words, sounds, to, sounds to me like something that you liked, Phil, and that's not how we start these things. Come on, let's get straight into the agenda for today. Hatred. What are you hating in golf at the moment? I hate Damien. What you I'm hate Damien. That's hurtful. Golf injuries or more injuries that are preventing me from playing golf. And Haven't uh, we been here before? We may have been here before and it this may be calling out a number of other factors in my life, but I referred to a back injury from you know, four or five weeks ago and, mm-hmm. and that took me out of play for a few weeks and I thought I'll recover that and <laughs> again. It took you out of walking, Phil. It took you it out, took of, me out of actually it took it did take me out of walking. It took me out of actually getting into a bed or out of a bed comfortably. It took me out of getting into a car without falling into a car, but thankfully, again, without giving him too much credit. But my boys at, at Golf Doc Duo helped get that right, and I am feeling strong, strong, strong as an ox to the point where last week I decided to help out one of the kids at basketball training and was showing him my prowess with a little turnaround fadeaway jump shot from about 18 feet. Turns out, <laughs> turns out that when you land from jumping the three or four inches that I can get in the air these days, when you land – there's an ideal to land on your feet being the flat part. Oh, did you land on your head? It appeared that my left foot decided to land on its side. Oh, ankle um, roll. And I rolled my ankle. Oh. And what was bad about that was not so much the pain and suffering and humiliation of being laughed at by a stadium full of young people who one by one I will get them back and they, they know I know who they are. But it was the fact that I was meant to be playing golf yesterday in an Ambrose competition and I've been looking forward to this for some time. Because yeah, you always like it when other people carry you. That's right. Because, and they are not the world's tallest short hitters. They're just the world's shortest long hitters compared to me. And so I was looking forward to that and I decided that I just had to endure. But it was just the timing. So the back injury occurred when I was playing one of my favorite golf courses and then the timing of the, the ankle. I'm over these, I'm over being a gumby. Do you, do you find this sort of, well, these injuries happen a lot? Because of the gigantism or <laughs> the nerve tonic you've been sipping on? I'm just on a roll. I mean, it's been a number of years. I'm, I'm talking 25, 30 years since I've rolled an ankle. Yeah, okay. And I have performed that same shot and it's a very sweet shot. I wouldn't have thought you'd move quick enough in order to roll an ankle. No, you wouldn't have thought that. That's right, Damien. But then again, you wouldn't have thought is also another challenge. But it hurt. 
I fell down straight away. I decided that if I didn't fall over, maybe that would have led to a, a greater injury. But I'm, I'm just over these little injuries that are preventing me achieving my personal goals of one, walking, two, getting in and out of a car and, and breaking 80 and, and oh, learning a couple that. of shots. So over them, over them, over them, over them. Over injuries. Well, my hate this week, Phil, is a little bit more golf-related, we might say. Oh, it's waiting. You know when you play a par five? Now, this is another Ambrose event, actually, I was playing in recently with some friends, and we were we were pretty decent drive down to a point where we're on a par five. Yep, it's in play. We can have a crack at this. for Get it up there and then hopefully tap in for an eagle or at least get thereabouts. You want to get the distance. I hate it when you've got a group in front of you and a group behind you and the group in front of you is on the green and you're sitting over it and you're losing your rhythm because you're waiting and waiting and waiting. And then you've got the club in hand, you're having your practice swings, you're like, I'm going to nut this ball. You finally get over it after what seems like an age and then you proceed to top it or you you just you don't make a good connection because yeah. you've lost that rhythm and you end up stuffing up and I should have you, you go oh, I should have just laid up and then made it a three shot it annoys the hell out of me I hate not having that rhythm in the game and you know particularly given the fact that people in the group behind you are sitting there going mate why are you yeah, waiting you're not, not going to get, get home you're, you're not, not going to get there yeah. just hit and we can all keep moving and the people on the green are chuckling looking back saying he's waiting for us to get off the green he can't get here anyway so I don't know why we'd hurry up. So maybe I can't actually get there. Not the point. The point it's is it's not their the fault, Phil. It's it their is. fault. I wanted to hit the ball while I had rhythm, while I'm hitting it well. Really upsets me. Scylla and Charybdis, Damien. Yes. Scylla and Charybdis, the people on the green, yeah, and the people on the tee. You're caught. You're stuck. You've got nowhere to go. You can't go back. can't go forwards. I, I feel your pain. I'm done. And that's it. I want to get that out of, out of, out of the system. Now for some love. Yeah, love. What do you love, love Phil? I, this is the most unbelievable love. This is the we could not have predicted this when we started our crystal balls. This love that I got, what, and, what? and I'm going to talk about for the first time ever in my life, in any walk of life, be it business or otherwise, I had someone compliment me on what I was wearing. On what you were wearing, I had I had two people yesterday compliment me on the shirt that I was wearing. Two people. So that's gone from none in. 40, 38 years of playing golf, none, zero, actually zero. None in business, not nice tie, not, oh, I like those shoes, great belt, love the suit, never, ever, 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 two people in one day. Hey, I'm back. You love it. I'm back. Well, hang on, hang on. You are aware that people are complimenting the shirt, not you. No, no, they they said that I wore the shirt particularly well. (laughs) No, they didn't say They said that with their eyes. So you're, take, you're taking credit <laughs> for being able to put yeah. on a piece yeah. of soft tailored yeah. fabric. Have you ever tried that- to undo those buttons? <laughs> those buttons are really com- – because they come when you take it out of the packet. They're done the whole way up. Have you seen that? Like you have to, oh. yeah. <laughs> but you have to undo them, Damien. Phil, what were you wearing, by the way? Just out of I was, curiosity. I was wearing a, a shirt called Planes, a Petit Malar shirt called Planes. Where oh, that one you, you wore last yeah, week. Yeah, we're doing, some- doing that filming. Yeah, yeah. okay. So it's a good shirt. Yeah, Phil, Peter Miller. Well, Peter Millar, sorry. Well done. Lovely, lovely polo you created. No, you don't get it the wasn't the polo. It was my ability to undo the buttons and take out the pins because I've got to, you know, one thing to compliment the way, a classy way of oh, presenting you a are shirt. clasping. And this is not, this is a double love. So taking a new shirt. So normally you go into a shop and you take it out of, off a hanger, gets folded and put in a bag. Do you know the joy of opening a plastic oh, yeah. bag, yeah. sliding a shirt out that no one's ever touched, undoing the pins? 
removing the, the cost, I said, particularly the, the pins in the collar. And the little paper and the bit of uh, little paper uh, underneath, little paper. but unbutt- needing to unbutton the whole thing. And there were actually even clips. There were clips keeping it folded. I love it. I'm with you. Peter Millar clips keeping it folded. It was just such a deluxe experience that here's my message to retailers everywhere. Put one of a size of a shirt out on display so that you can try on the size and then just choose the design because there's absolute joy in undoing that packaging and knowing that you're the first person to do it. Is that you doing your bit for climate change, Phil? Well, it was recyclable plastic. Oh, is it? Okay, of course it is. I just forgot to put it in the recycling bin, Damien. But, Damien, I could go on about my loves all day and I really – Two people. Yeah. Yeah. Two people in one go. What about you, Damien? Have you got have you got one go? Have you got um, love for me? I do have a love this week, Phil, and it is popping the cherry of a golf club. As opposed to a shirt. See, we're yes, on a similar see, wavelength we again. Are, actually, we are. So as we're well aware, I uh, got a lovely new set of irons <laughs> over Christmas <laughs> and it was those MP twenties, absolutely gorgeous looking things. But I realized in the, the hit I had the other week, I still hadn't hit the uh, it was my five iron. I got to a par three, and I hadn't hit a five iron. It was a longish one, and I went, "Oh, hello!" I thought I'd yeah. hit everything. Oh, and just looking down at it and going, "Oh, this is the first hit. I only get one crack at this." <laughs> one goat. You, one, yeah, that- you only get one chance to hit a golf club for the first time, and it's not often, particularly with a set of irons. You know, as we're updating them every you know three or four years at the moment, it's not often that that gets to happen. Especially when you flush it as well, because it makes you think, oh, the fitting, everything was perfect around it. Now it just means you've had a good, put a good swing on it. But oh, I love it, Phil. I love it. Give the club the credit, Damien. It wasn't the swing; it was the club. No, see, that's just a well. Little if bit I have unfair. to give the shirt the credit for looking good for its looks, I'm not taking the oh. taking any credit for the look of the oh, club, God. Phil. Performance. Wow. I hate this performance metric. It's crap. I really think we need to move on from here. <laughs> yeah. And let's get straight into some game changers. Phil, I know that you've got something you really like this week. What's the um what have you got? What There's have you got? a couple of things I, I that have occurred to me, and again, more recently than than ever, is the amount of thought that goes into putting together a golf bag. And and I will say the vast majority of us just buy stuff because we always have. So I'll drive a three-wood in yeah, three So you're talking three clubs to, specifically yeah. or accessories or what? No, but I think it extends the whole way. I'll go with clubs initially, but it does extend the whole way where you actually – we just throw our bag together and go, yeah, drive a three-wood. And there's some conversation around gapping, but it's sort mm-hmm. of, oh, yeah, gapping, whatever. But you play with someone who's really thought about their bag and this person that I played with who will go unnamed, but Scotty has got two drivers and he's got his long driver – who do you think he is, Phil and Mickelson? Uh, to, it works. I mean, he's off three or two or three, but he's got his long driver, 47-inch, mm. wind it up, pound it, and he's got his control driver. So he carries two drivers. So one's the one he goes hard at and the other one is just his safety. Yeah, like if he needs to, if he just wants a little bit of extra length and 15 or 20 yards. Uh, Why doesn't he just look at Kipper's tip on powering up a drive? Be because cheaper, he, about he, he 700 didn't bucks have his cheaper. Mobile phone. And the phone reception where he plays is terrible for him to actually get that tip. Fair enough. But otherwise, it's a very good idea because Kipper does make some sense. So, so, yeah, not so, only so that, he doesn't have a fairway? No, carries two drivers, carries a three-wood, oh, he carries a hybrid. Right. Starts his irons at five, mm. carries four wedges. Okay. But this is someone who's really – is that 17th? I don't know. I don't, my, uh, I no, anyway, don't math. do the math. Don't do the math because that changes the story. <laughs> but he's actually foot. sat there and thought about – what is my ideal set makeup? When am I going to use this and when am I not? Is that based around where he plays as well and where he's a member? 
But it's based around having complete, and this is something I'll never get, complete understanding of strengths and weaknesses in his game, of understanding well, the shots he's likely to. <laughs> when you've only got one. Well, no, the weaknesses. <laughs> but, yeah, well, I'm halfway there, yeah. I suppose, if I get the weaknesses. But understanding what shot types that he likes. But also, as you say, you know, if he regularly plays somewhere, he'll mm. know that this is unlikely or not likely. But his set makeup doesn't change dramatically based on where he plays. Okay. I'm actually just made that up. Does he have a second set for if he travels, for example, and goes, I don't know, plays in, I assume he plays down here. If he went to Queensland, he's playing on a completely different style. Course, no, he's just a good enough player to manipulate it. Yeah. And I might have referred to this person previously in a previous podcast about- Yeah, but you don't name them. Seeing shots. You never name Scotty. No, I never name Scotty or Jealous Divot. But in terms of seeing shots that I just don't have, that he just sees and says, and in fact, it was. I referred to this as a hybrid shot where, look, it's only 230. I've just got to draw it over and around those trees. Anyway, that's him. Whereas I'm like, if I chip it out four times, I should be able to scunge one up and then ideally make seven and you can move on and, and make a good solid seven. But the idea, the amount of thought that goes into the bag, I really like this idea of actually sitting back saying, and to your point about I'm playing a different course or I'm going to from Victoria to Queensland or I'm going from Massachusetts down to Florida. The type of game and golf you're going to play is going to be greatly different. So just consider, I suppose my game changer is to consider what you're using a little bit more and make these little adjustments. And it might mean, yeah, you've got 17 sets of golf clubs in the garage. Is That's this not a- such a bad thing. True. Is this another one of those things where we give advice that we don't take ourselves? 100%. Yeah, good. Yeah. No, I think it's our style. I like yeah. it. Yeah, good. But don't do as I do, Damien. Do as I say. Yes, I'm with you, Phil. That's and I've put said. a lot of thought into my bag. No, you do. <laughs> you do. Yeah, no, yeah. you do. I look at it and I think about putting it in the back of the car and I think about taking it out. And you have more theories in your backswing than most people have in their lives. That's right. I've got grooves carved into the hosels of all my clubs now just for an extra bit of spin. So putting some thought into your bag, that's your game changer. That is my game changer is actually to sit back and think about the game you're about to play, the game you want to play, and then trying to match up and what it affect that. Like how often do I hit three iron or four iron? Or am I better off playing a hybrid or a driving iron? Or Two drivers. Okay. Well, I want to give you kudos for that, Phil, except that mine is going to blow yours out of the water. Uh, I've got a great one this week. Game changer. And this came for, this came about from watching something that we all hate, which is people taking forever over a putt, to line up the putt. Were you watching one of the tour events? No, no. This was just at a uh, – there was a pro playing in this event. Uh. But this was a Pros. this was a fun this is a fun corporate day effectively. Yeah. Well, was fun until they got over the putt and they spent the next forty or fifty seconds to two minutes just uh, lining up the putt before they got over it. And then have a guess what happened, Phil? He didn't get it in, did he? He didn't get it in. So this is my game changer. I, I want like, to put a, I like. No, I know this is. I know this is going a little bit back to my shot clock idea that I've been yeah. hammering on about. But 20 seconds, I think, is plenty of time to line up a putt and and pull the pull the trigger. Yeah? Is that fair enough? So 20 seconds, bang. In, doesn't go in. Oh, well. But 21 seconds, Phil, mm-hmm. that ball better go in. Because if it doesn't, penalty. Penalty. 20 21 seconds. Second yep. Penalty. You get over that time limit, then you have to make the putt. So it builds a bit of pressure, but if you're going to take my time up, well, then it better be worth it because if you have to do another putt at the other side, no, you're just blowing out my day. So tell me, what do you reckon? Make the putt. Make the putt. I think the pressure – imagine the crowd 15, 16, 17. I I mean, you could actually get real crowd engagement or even playing partner engagement. It'll be 17 seconds, champ. And I'm almost almost thinking of we – the longer they go – 
We can add in more penalties. Yeah, so if you're two, if you're two minutes, I'm sorry, that's four four shots if you miss. So do you consider the gap for one stroke penalty? Is it between 21 seconds and look? I haven't absolutely finalised the, the 20 second part manifesto, but yes. Okay, so 21 four. seconds to a minute yeah. is one stroke. Oh, a minute's a bit long. 40 seconds. Oh, 21 to yep, 40 is yep, a minute, 40. and then so at 41 seconds, it's two strokes. Yep. And that we might just do we just. Stop it at two. Now we get to like two minutes is four. So you work out the maths. I don't know. You could you could blow your whole game out. I just want less time wasted on the greens. And, and I know what? everyone listening is going yes, except you slow putters who are listening. Yes, no, the ones who just oh no, but I just need to get the full reading of the greens. Everyone else other than you, green reading person, is nodding, going, this makes so much sense. Imagine if they could actually just point and shoot. And Greg Norman. Again, in Shark Attack, continues to talk about backing your gut feel, backing your gut feel. So stop looking at it from 500 angles. 100% agree. Because I, I have not seen – yeah, no, we agree with yourself. Yeah, we agree with me on this. Yeah. We're, we're in, in – It will take out, more it'll, it'll take out the overreading of parts, which seems to happen a lot. It'll quicken up the game for sure, obviously, by design. And we'll see more putts drop, Phil. I guarantee you people will putt better if they didn't spend so long over it. Okay, so you've got 20 seconds. Let's say that allows you to look at a putt from two angles. Two angles, yeah. What are you What are you choosing, well, Damien? Straight on over the ball, yep. And then kind of just slight step head to tilt. one side, so I don't have head, to. Yeah, head I head really tilt. needed to photograph that head tilt. So we're talking a slight torso shift yeah. to the right. Look, maybe if you're in carts, you and you're getting around quickly, maybe then you'll, you know, you no, can you still can twenty seconds go to the side. No, but I'm just saying in, in terms of who can be bothered walking the whole way around a putt to stalk it. Yeah, Damien, you know how Philip. do as I say, not do as I do. Mm-hmm. What's your putting like? Oh. Compared to who? <laughs> compared to Compared everybody. to my wife, I am fantastic. <laughs> yeah, Is that good enough for you? Yeah, that's good enough for yep, me. Good. Because the, the angles, that, that just in terms of lining a putt up, going- No, I was going to say, if I, took, if I went around and stalked every putt, I'm not sure I would drop many more. Yes, which is the interesting thing. So if you could actually just look at two angles, what are the two? So you're going behind or slightly behind with torso tilt. I'd be, I would actually be- more inclined to be a behind, and I need to get to a side at some stage because it's amazing how. Yeah, but for you, that's just a lean. Yeah, unless so it's like a forty-foot putt. So what should be banned is the Camillo Veg, I guess, the push-ups. Push-ups should be banned. Oh no, Spider-Man. Yeah, shouldn't yeah. they? Did it's not cool. So no Spider-Man because I don't care how good your triceps are. We're playing golf. Yeah, that's the first thing. And yoga and golf. I'm sorry. Yeah, and and secondly, you have no. Reference point as to what the fall away of the land is. All you know is in comparison to your left peck versus your right peck. And like Umfufu, what has he done for us lately? <laughs> That's right. But I think what it would do is to you get a very good feel for a green by just standing there and having a quick look. Yeah. And more often than not, you just be able to, you will be able to call it at a ninety five percent angle. And the five percent is skill versus belief. Yeah, I agree. And unless you are going to be a pendulum and you can line the robot up, there's too many other variables. Twenty seconds. 15, maybe, 10, ideally. I think I'm being pretty generous yeah. at 20. I think that's fine. So I want you to think, everybody listening. Both of you. Again. Mum. Yeah. Listens on two different IP addresses to help boost our listening. But try that. Just, just think to yourself, if I had a 20-second shot clock, what would I do on a putt? And you'll find that you'll actually be more confident. You, you just buy the line, you see the line, and you hit it on the line quicker. And if it misses, you're going to miss anyway. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Like, exactly. no one makes one from downtown. Get on with it. No, I agree, Phil. I like that. Don't I mean, it's the kind of thing that would lead you to drink, honestly, the, the frustration <sighs> of it. Damn and you man. know what? I reckon I'm going to bring forward this week because I need a drink, I've decided. We're going to bring golf tipples back. We're back. I love the fact that it's back. And we did declare this last week that it, it would not only return. So I 
Look, I buggered golf tipples up because I moved it to a glass of wine. Well, it didn't help. No, it, it, no, it certainly didn't help. So we're going to move it forward. And based on what we talked about last week during our golf dreaming destinations, we threw each other a challenge that we were going to make the drinks that we spoke about in that dreaming. If you haven't heard it yet, go back a week and listen to it. I obviously came up with an easy one for Phil, the Swahili drink of Tango Wizzy, putting the Wizzy in Tango, which is pretty much a chai tea with cloves, milk, ginger, cinnamon, cardamom, and cloves. And I did say to Phil at the time, look, it's the one downside of, of <laughs> what I came up with last week because there's no alcohol in it. And he jumped at it because he doesn't. Well, it sounded enjoy just delicious. It, deli- as much it sounded del- And is this it, Damien? Yeah, well, you've been sipping on it. So don't pretend well, you don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know exactly well, what it is. But what I'll say is that there's definitely heat to it that mm-hmm. is not the heat, hot heat, heat, spice heat. Cloves, cloves style heat. And I've made that for you. So you've been sipping on it. What do you think? What's your I actually quite like. I, I look. I'm a chai man anyway. I tend to be more. You, at the you milky. try to be a man. Yeah. I tend to be. Wow. No, I try to play off the men's teas if they still exist. Sorry, I try to play off the blue teas, the black teas every now and again. I'm not even sure I'm allowed to call them the men's teas. I haven't yet had that confirmed oh, by dear. legal. Oh, legal is legal. Hands <laughs> in, head in hands, Phil. The drink. Do you like it? Okay. I, um, Tango Wizzy, I would happily drink Tango Wizzy once or twice. Yeah. Well, I want to find out if it makes you Tango Wizzy after it, depending on how quickly it gets through but the system. But there's something refreshing, the, the combination of all the spices and everything else. It, there's no question that it's setting things off in my body. So, do you give it a tick? Tango Wizzy gets a tick. Tick. A little tick. All right. Good. Phil, now you had- What was yours yeah. for me? You had- It was the Moroccan tea, Damien. No, but it wasn't the traditional Moroccan tea, was it? It was the Moroccan tea, Damien. Plus alcohol. That's the way I like it. <laughs> so I'd said to Damien that I am going to make him a Moroccan tea, which is a combination of gin and cane sugar. That's all I need to hear. All and, I need to hear. Moroccan tea, which is actually a tea made of green tea and yep. cardamom. Thank you. Um, gin. And tonic and lime. And I have not pre-prepared one. So here no, I, I can see you've got all the ingredients out here. You've got quite a bit. He's even Oh, he's taking the headphones off. He's getting serious. So how are we, uh, what are we doing, Phil? How do we start with so this? So I'm going to actually start with the uh, tea, Damien. I'm going to start with the Moroccan tea, which is a green tea and cardamom combination. Ah, cardamom. Nice. I don't yeah, want to put in not, too not much. Too much not too much of that. The, the gin. I'm <laughs> now, going to add some gin. And I'm here we go. If you can open it. There it is. Ooh, didn't that sound good? Oh, and it's filter over my hand. And, and what, gin, what gin are we using this time? Uh, I've got Four Pillars Bartender Series. Okay, the Bartender gin, Series. So the, the irony that Phil one is measure of that. pouring in. Oh, no, Damien, <laughs> that bartender. was not enough for you, but that's okay. Oh, that looks a, it looks a touch weak. We can always add more. That's okay. Um, so, tonic. So, add some tonic. Yeah, a bit of tonic water goes in. Give it a bit of do. You've got a lime there as well. Squeeze with lime. Oh, my goodness. I'm jealous. Were you meant to put the ice in at any point there, Phil? I'm going to put the ice in last time because as it blasts oh, no. into the- You know the, nothing no, about you're right. Ending. But as it blasts in, it's going to mix. You'd forgotten, hadn't you? Yes, I had. So, there's too much mint in oh, there, which no. I've bruised. Oh, he is. Because hey, you've mentioned that before about bruising the mint. Yes. Oh, as no. As ripping it off. <laughs> no. He's just- Pour some more water all over the table. That's oh, good. That's, In goes it's the not ice. like we're covered with electrics. All right. Now, I've got to be honest, the, the presentation's not your forte. No, the presentation is fantastic. And, you know, <laughs> the only thing I'm missing is a little bit of cardamom powder, which would just- There is some fresh cardamom there. Does that no, help? No, I know, but that's not cool. All right. So hold, hold. I oh, know. He's still, he's still going. I'm not sure how many I people are getting thirsty. Side. Oh, no, this is going to- In it goes. All right. Yeah, just because we just needed- Oh, look at that. Just- Delicious. Damien, I'm not going to stir you. that. No. All right. Oh, 
Yeah, that's all right. I'll have a I'll crack. I'll present to you. All right. Moroccan. I know this has been a long time waiting, Tea. everyone. And I'll give you the honest feedback. Oh, sorry. I left off one crucial oh, ingredient. No. Oh, no. What's happening? <laughs> the oh, sugar syrup. It needs a bit of sugar syrup. It does need a little bit of sugar I'm not syrup. A bit, I'm not a sweet tooth anyway, so that'll do. That's heaps. All right. So the order apparently doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> yeah. Or the quantities. Or It appears what should happen from here on is that we employ a bartender because I should not be allowed to Ooh, make it. boom. I don't know how you've done this, Phil. That's actually really good. Yeah, because you put things in the wrong order, Damien. It needs a little more gin, but I am the good. code chaos. Of that's cocktails. like a um, how how would I explain that? It's like a combination of all the ingredients you put in. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of Moroccan deliciousness. Is the what cardamom's it is. really good in it? Yeah, actually, yeah. that little powder. Yeah, because the one I tested, because I actually did have a trial run at home when I made it, I didn't have the cardamom powder in the top, and so it didn't quite come out from the tea. Mint with cardamom. Mint, cardamom, lime. lime. A little bit of sugar to take that tonic. Out. A little really bit good. of sugar syrup. Yeah, that's good. Okay, that's a win, Phil. Gin. Golf tipples this week. It's better than your than your glass of red wine that you found from I can't remember where it was. It was a that was a shifts rock. I can't even say it, it. was. It was shits. It was shifts rock. <laughs> Bless you. Yeah, it was crack the yeah anyway. crack the rock in. Uh, Forget that. In the, anyway, that's back. Our, we're back, back to this Moroccan tea with a gin twist. Yeah, that's a lovely combination. We'll we'll get that up on our um up on the website baronslife.com. At some point. Um, what we I, won't do is probably video me making it because it turns out that I am a cocktail muppet. On, on top of everything else, so not only lose the tail, random muppet. swing theorist, world's tallest short hitter, incapable of making cocktails probably. Mm. But we can all learn, Damien. We can all learn. Anyway, enjoy that. Tales. I'll enjoy my Tango Wizzy, alcohol-free, and you enjoy your I am. I'm going to sip away on this, and I think it's time. Let's start chatting a little bit about some gear, Phil. Let's get into some products. Gear effect for this week. Have you got something that you've seen that's got you excited or something that's even annoyed you? What I've got is absolute equipment envy. You said my clubs, is that it? The the irons? Yeah, 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 I've got no, not of your clubs. But yeah, actually I I you the, do. no, Don't that's lie. not true. I'm entirely and highly envious of your golf clubs. But my equipment envy is actually electric buggies and I know you spoke Oh, you are getting older, Phil. In one of our earlier podcasts you did bring up electric buggies, but one of my playing partners had one and why don't I have one? Yeah. It just could especially, not make more sense. Especially being an injury-prone guy. Well, a walking-prone. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm a, a dangerous prone. walker. Yeah. But electric buggies just, they can't make more sense if you are able to afford them. And that's the only- That's the, the only kicker, yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, so assuming that you can afford them, this bravado of, no, no, I'm young, I should push. No, I call bulldust. On that, because as was tested a number of years ago, going back 15 years, the English amateur golf team all went to electric buggies so that mm-hmm. they could preserve all their energy for the hitting bit. Yeah, which that was with Power Caddy, wasn't it? Yeah. The game's all about. That was with that was with Power Caddy going back a number of years. So, But since then, golf buggies have evolved and electric buggies have evolved to become compact and easy to use and like the, the Motor Caddy M1 or the Motor Caddy S1, mm-hmm. you know, that, that you can, depending on what features you want, you can make this thing as complicated or as simple as you want. But I just don't understand why, if you have the means, you wouldn't do it. Yeah. And that's become clearer and clearer to me. And I think I've been in denial and even work experience kid is a mad keen electric buggy fanatic. He doesn't know how to use it though. No, he he doesn't know how to do it, and he has to consult with one of the retailers. He has to ask Guinness for advice on now the battery went in which way, but he's still able to to get it done. It, it is a joy. It it just makes sense. Well, I've been I have been harping on about this to you for quite yeah, some time. Been, long, for a long years. Time. Yeah, I mean, and again, especially for anyone who's ever 
had injuries, whether it's football, whether it's soccer, whether it's cricket, doesn't really matter from another sport, whether it's from golf. If you've had those injuries, it makes all the difference from, say, whole probably 13, 14 to 18. It's just you're that much fresher than you are walking, pulling a car. And it's just easy. Like everything yeah. is just easier. Mm. And this this perception of, no, it makes me old. No, it makes you smart. Mm. It doesn't make you old. There's don't you get difference. smarter as you get older, Phil? I, I mean, I'm asking you for <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was rhetorical. <laughs> it just makes sense. Oh, they I didn't get sense. a word for you this week. <laughs> they make, you know, it was rhetorical. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, good, yeah. well played. They just make sense. And yeah. it, I've been a very slow to uptake this or, or to take this on board, the idea of an electric buggy. They make sense. I don't have the means, but if I did, 100% of but the time. But you can make the means, surely. If um, it's worth it to you, if you're playing enough golf, you can make it work. Is, is there any in particular that is standing out for you at the moment or that you've got your eye on going, oh, I've got to get that? There was – no, well, you know what? Not particularly. Not particularly. But the but concept is the, It's the concept and it's the idea. The tight – you know what? The tight ass in me is winning at the moment. Yeah. It's winning this battle saying, I oh, know the upside, look at the upside, look at the upside, and the tight ass is saying, You can ask your wife. The I'm sure she'll, she'll back you in to get it. Yeah. Um, or or not, depending on, you know, what you think about. But the idea is is that the, the concept works and if you have the means, then pursue that means. It's probably all I'd say because it, it, it can be both game changer gear effect or otherwise, but electric buggies, I am on board. I just need to get on boarded, if that makes sense. Mm, sort of. I'm sort of with you a little bit this week with mine. I'm also around tech but more across the GPS and where the GPS category is is going at the moment and where it, you know where it can go, I guess, is sort of where my mind is. We've seen, I mean, we talked about, was it last week? I think we were talking about the wingman yeah. GPS from Bushnell where you can play music and then you can have, you know, the uh, it'll tell you where, you where you're going. But there's also everything from wingman to Arcos, that Arcos app, you know, you can get elevation changes. We'll, soon we'll, you know, we'll have humidity. We'll have, we've got wind direction. Well, not soon. We'll um, have. We have. We have. And I wonder when, you know, they're going to – how far can this thing go? Can it give you a tea recommendation, Phil, based on, you know, what you're identifying as today? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The options are endless with this Ooh. thing. You know, I don't know where where it's going to go, but I'm actually – I'm kind of excited where it can take things. Where do you think it could take things? I'm not sure I'm that creative. I'm not that, <laughs> that creative. So, you know, mood rings. Mood rings? You know, back in the 70s, there were mood no, rings that changed colour based feel. on how you were feeling. <laughs> oh, really? I think okay. I think this will actually be able to club you based on the amount of adrenaline in your system. Are you excited? Oh, Are you feeling good about yourself cool. today or not? You know, you should be a seven iron, but I reckon you hit a little eight. But the recommendation is no longer eight iron. It's knock down eight, choke down, choke down a little bit. Yeah. But it's all actually just told to you through vibrations in your wrist, whereby at no point in time do you even have to read. It's just senses you get. I don't know. I, I just wonder, is there a point where there is not enough? Is there a point where there's too much? Or is it exciting to just see and take the reins off and take the handbrake off and just see where these great minds take what ostensibly are watches? Or more to the point, how much watch functionality that they can then build into a GPS unit in terms of size and that it almost becomes the staple and everything else is built around it. Yeah. Because uh, it is amazing to think of, again, elevation changes that it now clubs you based on on what you've hit in the past and what you're going to hit. It knows when you've hit. Mm. It gives you training tools and training ideas. There's Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't show you changing your mind. My only concern with it is at what point are we relying too much on other things and not on ourselves and what actually makes the game so good or a part of the game that's a real skill. That's the only part for me that I'm a bit iffy about. 
Eye calibration, Damien. Well, I was pretty good at that. Yeah, yeah. eye calibration. So one of those ideas is every now and again to test yourself, like we talk about with with a golf bag, is to test yourself playing without technology Mm. and just see how far – like test yourself putting within 20 seconds. Test yourself hitting the first club that comes to mind when you stand on a par three without looking at technology and just see what happens. And I think people would be amazed at – the incremental difference it makes rather than the, the groundbreaking and, and exponential difference mm. that it's going to make. While we're talking about tech, let's quickly touch base about the RNA and USGA's finding in their distance insights project because yeah. I know it's a big bugbear of yours, Phil. Well, it is because they're pointing the finger. They're effectively saying that golf is not the game now that it ever was mm. with a variety of shots. And they're, they're talking about because of the distance that people are hitting the ball, the impact on golf courses needing to get made longer and therefore things like, well, now they're using more water and it's not environmentally sound and it's taking up more land and it's doing all that other It's things. kind of contradictory as well in parts, which you can I just, about. And so the angst that I've got around it is that our governing bodies are there looking at how far Brooks Koepka is hitting the ball, mm-hmm. not how far Damien Schrute is hitting the ball. Just as long. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. Not how short I'm hitting the ball. But they're looking at, they're basing a lot of insight, and I know they've done a lot of research and everything else on it, but so what? Mm. I suppose this is the question is, so what? As we discovered while shooting 16 under off the stick in the Ambrose yesterday. Not me. I wasn't involved in that. No, you will not invite it. It all comes down to putting. So no matter how far you hit it and all these other things you do, it all comes down to putting. And in terms of shot creativity, if they're trying to say that one of the impacts of the distance challenge, as far as this insights report, one of the aspects of the distance challenge and people hitting it longer is that they're losing this the core nature of golf, which is variety of shots. Provide me different solutions that mm-hmm. don't involve saying to a manufacturer, you now can't use all the, the NASA scientists and all the, the aerodynamics and all the other testing you, you're doing to come up with better product. You now, you know, you can't use urethane or develop different ionomers and things in a golf ball that that dance and help the ball explode and everything else within the uh, confines that have already been created. They're saying that, no, no, we don't want progress here, but we want people to still be engaged in the game. And like, can't all of that be sorted out with clever course design or some changes to courses? Okay, so here's some potential solutions. I just wanted a yes or no answer, yeah. really. <laughs> <laughs> wow. My only message. The Moroccan tea's kicked in. It has. But you look at, there are a number of different potential solutions, and the one that seems to be focused on, and, and not necessarily that will come into play, but seems to be focused on is limiting the distance that drivers go and the distance that balls go, not trying to encourage speed of greens, length of rough around greens. Yeah. And I know, again, going back to, and I've mentioned this a couple of times, but Hillsville Country Club, when they had Big Cam, who was their head curator, he watched the US Open and decided that he was going to grow the rough as a collar immediately around the greens to three inches. And so this beautifully mown green, the first cut of rough was three inches deep, which causes you, when you miss the green, to create new chip shots mm. and to hit new chip shots. If you can find your ball. If you're assuming you can find the ball, make golf courses different distances, speed up the greens. Or for me, the, the fundamental one, if they really want to make an impact on it, say it's no longer 14 clump. You only get to carry 11 now, or you get to carry 10 because immediately you're, cre- you're increasing the gaps between clumps because the 14 club was a bloody arbitrary thing in the first place. You're increasing the gaps in the clumps, which means that, yeah, you might still go four, five, six, seven, eight, nine wedge or otherwise, but 
But maybe as the game evolves, the gaps between each one of those just becomes bigger. So now I really have to think about, as we did growing up, when you had a half set, a knockdown yeah. six iron versus a full six iron versus a, you know, and start the creative coming in. Yeah, start to learn to manipulate clubs a little bit. But it's not about, di- it's not about distance. Mm. And it's the course designers potentially and the course owners are the ones who have to be cu- blamed for making these longer and longer courses. When you go to Royal Melbourne and Tiger Woods says in the press conference that, you know, it, it's a really, chi- it's a big mindset shift to hit wedge to 20 feet and know that I've hit a good shot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the best defence. Yeah, and they weren't out there shooting 58s and 57s. And, yeah, Patrick Reid, you know, having to say something positive about him, but, you know, birdied six of the first seven holes on the last day of the President's Cup. Which is incredible. Which is a great start. But he didn't birdie 12 of the first 13. Exactly. Yeah, and then our man, CT Pant, yeah. caught him up. Yeah. And then it was a bit neck and neck from there on in. But that's the reality. There are all these defences and they keep coming back to equipment. And my concern about limiting equipment is – is yes, there's an industry, and no, there's not an obligation of golf to support the manufacturing industry, but but in a well, sense a huge there is. Part of it, but yeah. they're a huge part of it, and they're a huge investor in it. Yeah, exactly. And Callaway or a Titleist or a Ping invest huge amounts of money in R and D, but not only that, but sponsoring and growing the game and and expanding the game, the all abilities idea and everything else of making golf more inclusive than ever before. And you start clipping them yeah, and exactly. then the investment dries up and then- Don't, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Yeah, don't, yeah because they've happily it's, taken their cash for a long time and they've got to be very wary about it. So, And frankly, I like distance and I like the pursuit of more distance. Yeah, but you need more. So yes, I know that. You but, have to automatically be on that side. But the two blokes I was playing with yesterday being Scotty and Divot hit the ball miles. Mm. It's impressive. Mm. I want to see how far they can hit it. That doesn't mean their short games are necessarily outstanding. Well, it helped that they were. But I love the fact that they see the course differently to me and I love mm. the fact there's something to chase. But even they've got something to chase. Everyone's always got something no, to chase. I and I just anyway. I know, it, I know. I agree with you, Phil. You did Leave mention Patrick Reed, so we're gonna move on to Crystal Balls because I know we had a had a couple of things around him. How have we gone? Have we got let's get a bit of a recap. How have we gone with our predictions thus far? I mean, the waste management. Yeah, so I had – what was mine? I said in a delicious twist of irony, I believe the term was, that we were going to see winds get up and rubbish go everywhere all over waste management. I didn't all get over to the see green. It. I, I didn't I think get it was quite it. specific. Tell me. All over the green on 16. Oh, did I? Okay. That's good. Yeah, cool. So there was a photo on social media. You'll be very happy with this. Oh, you look photo on social media yep. of a bin overflowing with rubbish, crap everywhere. Boom. Prediction correct. Well done, Damien. Is that it a tick? Relate in any way to the Phoenix Waste Management Phoenix Open, as was pointed out by Waste Management when they responded to this post saying that that's just not this course because mm-hmm. they're not our bins. But until I'd read that, you got a tick, Damien. Yeah, so that's a tick. No, that's a tick. That's yeah. closer than that's any tarot reader. That's genius. Ever. Well, I've got one for you. Patrick Reed, I noticed he came back both hands, Phil, from yeah. Saudi Arabia. Both hands yeah. attached. He clearly was doing exactly what you said. He must have caught some shots on him. He didn't cheat at all. Did not cheat, Patrick Reed. Two hands, tick for Phil's prediction. Did you happen to notice he had a uh, a number of stitches around the wrist of one of his hands? I believe. That's no, I don't. Ha- I haven't had this confirmed, but I believe that legal. maybe he got into trouble. Legal's getting itchy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so moving on. Good. All right. So there we go. That's two ticks. So where do we take uh, this? What about from a personal here? one? Let's get. Let's go. Give us another personal prediction, Phil. What's something you see happening with your golf, or I don't know. Yeah. What have you got? No. Okay. Give me something. You ready for this? Groundbreaking. Crystal balls. You know those cards, Damien? The tarots. Tarots. The tarots. Tarots card syndrome. <laughs> I'm going to remain injury-free for the rest of 2020. <laughs> injury-free. I'm Zero telling you, chance. I'm going to become the elite athlete that I always pretended that I never was. You're not even a mathlete. But 
Cotton wool is going to be my best friend. Okay, so you're going to be injury-free 2020. Good, okay, that's a nice Because unless I'm thinking. injury-free, I can't achieve my other goals, which is stinger, 70-yard flat pitch shot and breaking 80 for the first time in a long time. Like Not it. the first time ever, though. I want this stated for the record that once I could play once were Warriors, now I can't. <laughs> But I need to be injury-free to be able to achieve it. So that is my- No, I like it. It's a positive one, Phil. It's, yeah. it's good for you because that's not normally where you go. I've got one. Where are we going in not too many weeks away? The King of Islands. We're going to King Island. And I'm going to call- You've talked up Cape Wickham and how good it is and okay. but how tricky it can be. I'm calling it now. I'm going to eagle a hole at Cape Wickham. You are. Yep. That's my prediction. I'm going you to eagle are. one. Is it going to be a par four? I'm not even sure if it's not a par three, Phil. Just saying. Right. Just saying. Okay. So it's an eagle. That's an eagle. So potentially whilst waiting for a group in front to get off the green with a group behind you waiting to hit off, like what do you think it'll be? Five, four or three? Five's, five's probably my only real hope. Get up there. I'm just thinking just about the par five down there. Somehow, because it's not going to be a lot of people. We're going to have the course to ourselves with our group. It's going to be great. Did we hire the course? Yeah. No, according to <laughs> No, that's right. No, according to our bank manager. <laughs> I think that's a great one because that is a, something we can report in on as a pursuit of that is finite, as a crystal ball, and that's it. That's my favourite. So that's going to happen. Oh, meanwhile, did you see the photo of this jet we're going down on? Or going in? Oh, dear. That's not a great expression. We're flying down towards King Island Inn. How good does it look? You look nervous. <laughs> no, I was just going to say I thought we'd let go of Blue Barons. It's unbelievable. In fact, I spoke to someone who knows planes a lot who also owns an electric buggy, which I was jealous of, and he was telling me that the – particular plane, which is built in Australia and made in Australia, uh, world famous for short takeoff and short landing and uh, one of the most advanced planes that you can get on. And it's- I'm looking forward to that trip. It is going to be great fun. I was going to say what it was called, but I can't remember. That's Other right. than good plane. I think it's actually really good plane. Oh, really? Oh, we, we upgrade a really good plane. An anyway, that'll be cool. That'll be cool as anything. Phil, we are dreaming about that, but let's move on to our other dreaming that we talked about and we prompted from last week. You gave me a letter, and surprisingly, it was just one up from the yeah. one working backwards from Z, clearly, a Y. So, I had to find something around a place that began with Y. Apologies or- in advance for just being so crap at coming up with letters. No, that's you. I'm used to it by now. Well, I'm taking you, Phil, to Yorkshire. Ooh. Yeah. To a Lynx and Heather, sort of Heatherland style course. This thing's everything you'd think about from a first- Right, English course. So it's sort of what you think. Welcome, Phil, to Ganton Golf Club. Ganton. Ganton. Think, Ganton. think English Heath, pot bunkers, subtle undulations, beautifully manicured. Now, I've done a little bit of research because oh. I needed to. So the host, this thing has a host of architects and really royal, sort of royalty kind that we, you know, you'd equate to the royalty. Is host the collective noun for architects? Uh, Is it a murder of crows, parliament of owls, and a host of architects? It's just a question I don't know the answer. I I believe it's a T-square of architects. (laughs) (laughs) And and these, think here's some names. I'll throw some names at you. Harry Varden, James Braid, Alistair McKenzie. These guys have all had their their hands on the design over the years, and this course is good. It's very good. But we're not only about the course. So, first of all, the course is a big tick. Why have I not played it? Because you hadn't heard of it. Yes. Okay. Good point. Just to start. Yeah. We've got a ho- So there's the first thing. Big tick. Yep. Course. Great. The golf's great. Number one, most important okay. thing. But two, things you can do in and around this place. So Ganton is actually is in Scarborough. So you, I'm sure you've heard of Scarborough. There's plenty of things oh. you can do there. Yeah. Scarborough Fair. You might know that from the Simon, Gar- Simon and Garfunkel song, Aptly Named. 
Scarborough Fair. Yeah, right, there you go. Yes, yeah, plenty, plenty of herbs. <laughs> yeah, in, in yeah. today's podcast, but it's almost like a time capsule of a bygone era. There, it's it's a very cool experience. So, there's one thing you can do. Scarborough Castle. You know, I'm a big fan of castles, oh, Phil. Yeah, I've talked them up. Did you dig a hole with history? Lots of lots of history. Ah, chockers. But there's also like these incredible panoramic views out towards the sea here. You can take a really cool guided tour there. It's awesome history. If you're a history buff, you'll love it. Scarborough Sea Life Sanctuary, seals, turtles, aquariums, very cool indeed. But even just the beach down there at Scarborough and, you know, all the usual suspects, surfing, kayaking, paddleboarding, amazing. Great place. We're going to go there. When- More importantly though, Phil, what do we do? What do we spend most of our time doing? What do I spend most of my time doing? (laughs) So drinks. (laughs) You're going to like this one because guess what? Think of a drink that originated in Yorkshire. The ginger beer. Pudding. Did you know that? Ginger no, beer. I did not know that. Ginger beer originated in Yorkshire in the mid-1700s, so the 18th century. Tell me you're not impressed with that because that's your go-to drink as often as it can be. But that's not the drink we're going to have. We're going to go into some of the local pubs there and we're going to have some of the ales, the local town ales, um, and make sure that it's done through a through a hand pump, which just – oh. Magic, Phil. If you, you've been to England, you've been to pubs, you know what it's like having a hand pump drink. It's outstanding. Now, we're going to eat. In terms of eating, we're not going to go anywhere in particular. We're just going to go more around, well, let's just call it Yorkshire pudding. That's got you written all over it. I can see we were both a little bit doughy. That's what we're going to go with. We're going to eat some Yorkshire pudding. We're going to eat Yorkshire pudding. And Yorkshire curd tart. Hey, because you're a big fan of a tart, always have been. That's it. That's all I've got for you. <laughs> But it's going to be great. We're going to Ganton, Ganton Golf Club in Yorkshire. That's my why. And yeah, tell me you didn't love that. I love that. You had a G. You know what? As tappings go, Damien, and we're golfers. Oh, you didn't. And we get G, and we get G, Mm. and immediately you think Ray Charles. I couldn't help Ray Charles, Georgia. Oh, here we go. Georgia. See, how easy is that? Oh. Oh, let me guess, there's going to be a green jacket involved. We're going to talk about it. Bobby Jones came up with an idea back in da da mm, Bobby Jones, yeah. No, Tbilisi, Georgia. We're off to the Balkans. <laughs> hey. I was not going to let you down, Damien. Jeez, timing's everything, isn't it? I thought we're you were going, going to zig, Georgia. Phil. I thought you were going to zig, but you zagged. No, he zagged. We're going to Georgia, Damien, and this is very exciting. We're going to play golf in Georgia just outside, 15 minutes out of the old town of Tbilisi. We're going to Tbilisi Hills. Tbilisi. Tbilisi, in Georgia. So we're playing at Tbilisi Hills. Georgia, for those who don't know, as opposed to that Georgia, this Georgia, bordered by Armenia, Azerbaijan, Russia, and Turkey, on the Black Sea. Azerbaijan. Um, now, the Tbilisi Hills is in the foothills of the Caucasus Mountains, or Caucasus, or Caucasus uh, Mountains, and was designed by Lassie Pekka. Telanda. Now, sorry, Pecker. Yeah, Pecker. Now, Blue uh, Barons. Well, that's his nickname. So it appears last week, or when you mentioned the archipelago, the Zanzibar, Zanzibar, and the course designer there, by the name of Pete, not Maravich, the Markovic. famous basketballer, but Pete Markovich. It's Markovich. Yes. Well, just as I had not heard of him, if I say it with confidence, it's I right. also hadn't heard of Lassie Pecker. Pecker. Delander, other than the fact that he's designed a lot of golf courses in really weird parts of Europe. Like he's got a golf courses. course in Estonia. And so he's the guy who takes those jobs. One of the interesting things about Tbilisi Hill, <laughs> one of the interesting thing about Tbilisi Hill is that they moved. One, one, 
and he's gone. <laughs> One tenth of the normal amount of soil. So it's a very ra- hard rock base. So they just couldn't bring in all that soil. So one-tenth of the normal amount of soil <laughs> was moved. So what are we going to see in Georgia? Enough of about the golf because it's a really nice-looking golf course. We're going to Vadzia. <laughs> That's so not how it's pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to Vadzia, which is a sprawling cave monastery from the 12th century, which looks unbelievable, set in the, in the hills. And we're also going to – you ready for this? I'm listening. Or Plustiki which is a rock-cut town. This is an Iron Age town that was discovered that, mm-hmm. that is going back to, funnily enough, the Iron Age. So plenty of history there, Phil. I'm going to give you a hot moment here. Uh-huh. Guess how many letters in the Georgian alphabet? You're going to give me a range? What's well, more than 26 and it's less than 52. 35. There are 33. That's pretty good by oh, you. Cyril. There are 33 letters in the alphabet, in the Georgian alphabet, very similar to Aramaic, which was spoken at the time of Jesus. Unless I've just Bless offended you. somebody. Jesus. Of Nazareth, I believe he was. Come on, Phil. Mornington. Georgia is named after the patron saint of Georgia being? Georgia. St. George. St. George. So hence their flag is the cross oh, of St. George. There you go. So it looks decidedly English. So yeah, but you haven't told me what, what we're going to do here. No, I haven't. But guess who was born in Georgia? Who was born in Georgia? Joseph Phil? Stalin. Yeah. yeah. That's not a good thing. Did you know the Caucasus Mountains were the highest mountain range in Europe? Jeez, you've got past that quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And the site of where Zeus tied up Prometheus. Phil, what are we going to do there? Because he was being promiscuous. <laughs> <laughs> do you know that a visitor in Georgia, there's a saying around guests and visitors, a guest is a gift from God. This is their attitude to visitors is that they wrap their arms around visitors and welcome them in. They are a gift from God. I, I love it. On so paper. what are we going to drink, Damien? Damien what, what are we going to drink, Phil? What are, you, what are we going to have? We're drinking chacha. Cha-cha, isn't that a dance? It's a lethal, as described by one of the websites I looked up, oh. a lethal Georgian schnapps. Do we want to be- do you, <laughs> Yeah, you do. So you have one of them, is your point? You do. You have- I have one of them. And then you're dead. Yes, that's right. And then you scull the rest of the bottle. And we're going to eat- But what is cha-cha? Tell me what it is. Where, it's, where does it's it come a, from? It's a brandy. It? It's like a brandy. Okay, so it's a grape-driven- Sure, yeah, grape-driven. Because the wine industry in Georgia was huge. It's been yeah. something that they've cut their teeth on, and so they needed a highly consumable, highly lethal liquid when they were getting ready to climb the Caucasus Mountains or potentially climb down, and they needed to numb the pain of falling down when they rolled their ankle and to warm playing a reverse jump shot and warm the cockles, the cockles of their hearts. Wow, we we're going to have to think Come on, another way of doing this, and we're going to eat. Okay, I apologise to everyone from Georgia or anyone who's ever been to Georgia or thought about going to Georgia for my butchering of the following. We are going to eat Tushetti and Kinkali. Which is? Fist-sized dumplings. Has to, Whose fist? No, keep going. Which are very caraway-scented lamb. Ah, oh, nice. Which would be yeah. just, is really nice, but just a, a fist-sized that are just bald. You just stick a knife in them and jam them in your gob. Georgia to, <laughs> to Blasey Hill. Healthy people, yeah. My, my research is completely done, finished. Georgia, Tbilisi Hills All right. playing. That's where we're going. All right, Phil. This, I'd be lying if I said that wasn't an aberration. So I'm changing things up for next week's Goodness. Dreaming. Because I thought G would have been a pretty easy one and you've, you've, you've done reasonably well. But instead of you just coming up with, or both of us coming up with just a letter that you're clearly just working backwards trying to find the hardest letter for me. You're not getting X. Is this what you're saying? No, I'm hopefully not going to get X. And if I do, it will be done through chance and what we're doing is we're actually i've tapped into my kids categories game and i've grabbed great how many how many signs does that have it's like a 
How many sides does that have? It's okay, like a, ladies it, and gentlemen. It's like a dodecahedron. No, it's not. It's more than that. It's How many sides a, do you think it would have if it was every letter of the alphabet, don't No, it? it's not every letter of the alphabet. Isn't it? Phil. So he's, he's, he's dropping knowledge on you at the moment. But that is like a rhombiosido dodecahedron or something of that shape. We're going to we're gonna roll this and whatever letter we get is what we have for next week. So let's, uh, let's quickly get through it. Phil, I'm going to roll first. Oh, you've got I. Good luck with that. That's okay. I want to be a good golf course in Igloo land. It it wouldn't be anything good in Ireland. I want a course course name. (laughs) Okay, you can you can okay, so you're you're declaring course name. I'm just making it up, but that's what I'm going with. Yes, but we've made up everything else. Yeah, why change now? You don't think Tbilisi Hills actually exist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I can follow it up. Oh, L. L. L for me, happy El Guapo it is. All Damien, right, done. Your location has to come from a country starting with L. Country starting with L. Excellent. What's mine? Yours was I. As a country? That's as a bit boring. Oh, no, as golf a course. course. Excellent. All right, Phil. Well, we got through all of that. We've got one more topic to get through, which is your history lesson for this week. Let's see if we can end on a big one. Well, let's see if we can improve on my Tbilisi Hills. Summary. And this is a big one. And as we said in the last podcast, this is about changing history lesson as such into people who've made a massive impact on the game of golf, be it from a number of different walks of life, be it catting, playing in equipment or, or otherwise. And my person for today goes by a nickname of Babe Zaharius. Babe Zaharius. Babe Didrikson Zaharius. Mildred you don't hear a lot of Mildreds these days. There are do a lot you? of Mildreds. No. What was the? No, I won't even go back really? to the series because my mind's not working well enough to George and Mildred. I just remember George and Mildred from growing up. Anyway, but Babe Zaharis, one of the greatest, greatest golfers of all time. She was a phenomenon at a time and a groundbreaker for women in the game. But not only as a golfer, as an athlete. And as I like, I knew a little bit about Babe as a golfer in that. Everyone who plays golf or has a sense of history, the minute you say Babe, they know straight away it's mm-hmm. Babe Zaharias. But did you know Babe Zaharias was also a dual gold medal winner at the 1932 Olympic Games? In I did know, but what was it for? So one was high jump. That's right. Yes. And one was javelin. Now, we talk about great athletes. Mm-hmm. So this is before she'd even taken up golf. So 1932 Olympics. She won gold medal in javelin. She won a silver medal in high jump where both athletes had jumped the exact same height, but they felt that she had an illegal technique, but they still gave her silver. Odd. That sounds a bit, yeah, that sounds a bit arbitrary. Was she anchoring? She wasn't doing the Frosby flop. <laughs> well, Dick Fosbury, I mean, come on, people. Anyway, get with me. So extraordinary athlete, and in fact was named as the, the 10th greatest athlete ever. And this is not 10th greatest golfer ever, 10th greatest athlete yeah. in North America ever. I mean, this is, she a was a phenomenon. Huge title. Massive talent. She won 48 professional tournaments, including 10 majors. She won three US Opens. She didn't take up the game until 1935. Won her first tournament in 1940. Now, as meteoric rises go, I mean, obviously she had some talent. Yeah. They described her swing of being similar to Lee Trevino. Oh, nice. You know, so just that ability to just get the job done, but smooth and and seamless and classical. Consistent and just work, yep. Which is absolutely unbelievable if you think about all the things she delivered. Now, Babe... There's a couple of stories about why she was called Babe, and one of them that she actually used to tell was she was named after Babe Ruth or had the nickname taken after Babe Ruth, but her maternal grandmother used to call her Bebe, a Babe, as the way it goes, and that's that's Babe. But World Golf Hall of Fame inductee, like everything you could possibly have achieved in the game of golf, mm-hmm. she did it. 
the whole way through winning events, as I say, breaking ground, described as the second best female golfer of all time behind Mickey Wright. But in terms of this breadth of talent and breadth of athlete, completely unbelievable babe Zaharias. So there's not much more you can say other than at the time, there were a number of quotes because there was a bit of angst around women getting into the game. And I want to give you a quote from back in the day that really helps to describe how times have changed and how things have changed. So this was a quote from Joe Williams in the New York World Telegram. And he said, it would be much better if she and her ilk stayed at home, got themselves prettied up and waited for the phone to ring. Times have changed a little bit. Yeah, we've got mobiles as well. <laughs> yeah, that's what you mean. There's no reason to stay at home. But followed by this, there's a, a quote from a Grantland Ross from ESPN. She is beyond all belief until you see her perform. Then you finally understand that you are looking at the most flawless section of muscle harmony of complete mental and physical coordination the world of sport has ever seen. That's very cool. I mean, isn't that incredible? Yeah. Like Babe Zaharias. What a legend. She only lived until 1956, so she was only 45 when she died. She had cancer but won the last event that she played in. Incredible athlete. You need to understand who she is. If golf is important to you, Babe Zaharias is as important as Ben Hogan or Sam Snead, if not more so. Babe Didrikson Zaharias, we salute you. Hats off. And on the impressive life and contribution to golf that was Babe Zaharias, we end this week's Tenuous Links episode. Special thanks to today's sponsor, the new Adidas Code Chaos, pandemonium in shoes. And be sure to join our Golf Barons community at baronslife.com to get reminders about this podcast. Check out our latest Barons Life Golf and Lifestyle magazine, celebrating the most creative minds in golf, as well as Golf Barons show content and plenty of other stuff. Thanks again, Phil. Shooter, Damien, Damo, bloody delight. Until next week, Barons, add some swagger to your swing. <laughs>